Welcome to the Happy Black Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women to transform their lives through personal development and entrepreneurship. We bring you all the information, inspiration, and motivation you need to create a life of happiness, success, and freedom. Now, please welcome your host, the happy black woman herself, Rosetta Thurman. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Happy Black Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rosetta Thurman, and today I have a very special guest along with me on this journey to help you manifest an amazing 2017. Her name is Abiola Abrams, and you may have heard of her, seen her on the internet, read her books, seen her videos. I'm just glad that she's with us today. Welcome, Abiola. Oh, thank you so much, Rosetta. I'm excited to join your digital party. Yes, it is a party, a digital party. Every time we come on the Happy Black Woman podcast, you ladies are in for a treat. I have been hearing about Abiola for a long time. And, you know, just so you know, Abiola, I always tell people, start off the podcast telling people how I came across my guests and got them to agree to, you know, meet with me. And I've been hearing Abiola's name for a while because we were on some tele-summits together and a good friend of mine, Shauna Campbell, who was on the show last year around this New Year's time talking about love, attracting love. She connected us and just goes to show after we talked, we had a lot in common about what we wanted to share and our purpose for women of color in particular around self-love, self-worth, manifesting, making money on our own terms, all that good stuff. It's like we're the same person. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like in the moment, I was like, I mean, you should be on the podcast. Let's continue this conversation on a podcast and record it. And she was down for it. So thank you. I I just want to thank you for the work that you put out into the world and just, you know, all of your light and even just your name, happy black woman, that a woman that that somebody can't hear that name without feeling a vibration raised. So thank you for being you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It is such a pleasure to connect with someone who's on the same wavelength, on that same vibration, if you will. And so um, for those who have not heard of you, though, can you just share a little bit about the work that you do at Viola? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, I want to just give a shout out and give some love to your listeners who could be doing anything in the world, but they are here with us at this moment, making a time investment in themselves, which Mm -hmm. is wonderful and powerful and what my work is all about that I consider myself to be a self-love revolutionary. And for the longest time, I called myself a self-love or self-worth midwife. And what that means, where that comes from, is that my great-grandmother was a midwife in Guyana, South America, and she helped women to give birth to their babies. And I feel like I'm doing the exact same work, except that I help women to give birth to ourselves. Mm. And so... Yeah, yeah. Like I I very much feel a sense of legacy in what I'm doing, that I am the first person in my family born in America, the daughter of immigrants. And my work is all about self-love, self-launch and self-creation. And what that means is self-love, of course, you know, how we feel about ourselves, self-launch, which is our love made manifest, the work that we create, what we put out into the world, how we answer our purpose, and then self-creation, which is what I'm so passionate about, which is knowing 
with every fiber of your being that you, that the world that you live in is clay in mm-hmm. your hands mm-hmm. and you can create, you know, you, we are all co-creators mm-hmm. creating the world the way that we want to see it. And so that's what my work is about. Wonderful. Well, I, I love that you call yourself a, a self-love revolutionary because it does seem pretty revolutionary when we talk about women and happiness and in particular women of color and happiness and, you know, even further than that, black women and happiness. It's like, yes. you know, at some level, just the name happy black woman has caused such visceral reactions in people, men and women alike saying, I didn't know that that exists. Do happy black women exist? And so it does feel revolutionary that we're even talking and, and prioritizing this conversation. Yes. And you know what is really like you are a self-love revolutionary as well, because the just like you said, the concept Mm. that we have a right to our happiness. I mean, I can tell you this past Sunday on Christmas Day, I was with my mom in in church. Much love to you, mom. My mom is always like, why are you always talking about me? But mom, I was with my mom in church. And then, you know, afterward, my mom is Catholic. And so we go to church with her and, you know, Afterward, my sister and I were talking to her and I said, mommy, you know that some churches are joyful, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, if I gave you some other churches that you could check out, you know, I all due respect to, you know, I don't question anyone's spirituality or what they choose to do, but this is my mom. So I can intercept a little bit. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what do you mean joyful? Like just even the idea of Mm. that she could have like joy, you know? And so my sister explained to her, my sister said, well, mommy, every time when we were little and and because we would go to different churches mm-hmm. and I would say to you, mommy, you know, have fun in church. And she would say fun. And the same thing when I would say to her, mommy, you know, she's going to work and I'd be like, all right, have fun. And she'd be like, fun. Like the idea that life could be a joy to you is so foreign and so removed to so many of us. Mm-hmm. And the blessing we have as a generation is that we are shifting that. We don't have to stay stuck in that paradigm. Yeah. And so I, I really believe Rosetta that we have, a duty to evolve our bloodlines, to evolve our possibilities, us as a generation in one generation that we can cause a seismic shift around what it has meant to be a black woman. Yes. I love the power of what you're talking about as relates to legacy and that just the very act of living our lives in our own way, on our own terms is inspirational for everybody that comes after us. I always tell people that Achieving your big goals is not easy. No one ever said it was going to be easy, but it's not about you. I mean, at some level, yeah, you you do things for self-gratification and self-fulfillment, but at the end of your life, there's something that you leave behind. Yes, exactly. Exactly. In the same way that I came on and spoke about my great, great grandmother, you know, future generations are going to talk about us. And so, you know, legacy is very important and not just for our own personal bloodlines, but because we claim each other. I claim Rosetta's family. Her, you yes. know, I, all of us. I claim, I claim Sister Harriet Tubman. That is right, my ancestor, right. and so we have a sacred duty to evolve who we are and where we're going. Mm. I love that you talked about duty because I'm really curious about your motivation for actually choosing to do this work. I always say that you get to choose. That's been one of my models for a long time. You get to choose. You get to decide. It's you know, this life is up to you. And so, what was it that made you? sort of make that decision that I'm going to dedicate my life to this work. 
Well, you know, Rosetta, for a long time, I didn't know that we get to choose. I didn't know about that at all. And I had a very, very difficult time when I was a preteen and when I was a teen. As I mentioned, that my family is not from here. And although I was born here, I was born in New York City, I had a Guyanese accent until probably about the third grade. And so my family was bullied on a daily basis, told, go back to our country people were beaten up. My family was bullied, wow. not only by children, but by adults mm. and by people who looked just like us, but mm. somehow thought that we were different than they were. And so, you know, that was all really, really painful. And then going from that to, I had a scholarship to one of the best schools in the country that I went to for middle school and for high school. And, you know, not fitting in with them either, mm-hmm. you know, that this is a school where like the Kennedys went and people yeah. like that. And so was well, this in New York? This is in New York. Yeah. It's an old girl school in New York. Mm-hmm. And so the shift from, you know, in my neighborhood where I grew up in Queens, New York, that if you were rich, it meant like your dad owned the corner store or your dad, like my dad had a good job. These were people who were like, yeah, I'm rich because my grandfather founded the New York Times, literally, you know? So it was like a seismic, you know, it was, it was a gap in my understanding of who I was and my place in the world because I didn't fit in with the people in my neighborhood. I didn't fit in with the people that I was going to school with. So I had no choice but to create myself and to fit in with me, (laughs) you know? And so I think that something happens when you come from a background of being bullied. I think that it makes you a natural advocate for the underdog. And then something magical happened when I was about, maybe about 17 or something like that. And my father had gone to a conference and he brought home the paperwork from it. And he had gone to see this speaker named Zig Ziglar. Mm. who is an old school motivational speaker. For those of you who aren't familiar with him, he's one of like the fathers of motivation, like back in the day. And so my dad brought home the paperwork from the speech and he was like, Hey, you could take a look at this. And he was always bringing home stuff. Like you could take a look at it, but it was usually boring stuff. (laughs) But you know, in this talk that Zig Ziglar mentioned books that my parents had on the shelves that I never paid attention to. So like my dad had a copy of thinking, grow rich that was on my shelves when I was growing up, but I never really paid attention to it and other things like that. And it just, it opened up a space in my mind. Like that's all sometimes that we need is Mm. for there to be just an opening Mm -hmm. like, wow, okay. There's something different than what I thought because I had had, like I said, all kinds of difficulties with extreme anxiety and disordered eating and all kinds of things that were not diagnosed because quote unquote, black people don't do those things or black women don't experience those things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So I remember even like asking my mom, like when they offered therapy in school, I was like, mom, you know, I have this permission slip. Can you sign it so I can talk to the therapist? My mother's like, therapist, you can talk to me. I'm like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, just because again, like, you know, the, the ideas that we have about ourselves as a culture, which we need to outgrow because we get sad. We get depressed like everyone else. We're human beings and we rob our own humanity when we think anything other than the fact that we're human beings with the full range of feelings and experiences. Mm-hmm. So you knew that you were not normal, <laughs> whatever normal was, how that was constructed then. 
And so it sounds like you, you really developed a love for personal development for yourself. And at some point, did you like try to try out different jobs? And, you know, then you found out that, hey, maybe I should do my own thing. Well, here's the interesting thing is that my mom was a teacher in Guyana and here she worked in, in educational administration because she was too scared of the kids in New York City public school system. <laughs> my dad, my dad is a, a retired journalist and a preacher, a minister. So it wasn't unusual that I would, ne- you know, not necessarily choose the, the, the regular beaten path. The beautiful thing was that when I went to I went to Sarah Lawrence for undergrad and I interned with this woman who was on the news in the 90s named Carol Martin. She was a newscaster on NBC in the 90s. And I interned with her at this new network that was like a spinoff of MSNBC and it didn't make it. But her show was called Alive and Wellness. And it was about new age thinking and technologies and things like that. And so, she, you know, working on the show, like I got like all of the books, like Ian Levinson and, you know, people like that. And so very early on, I'm lucky to say that I had this information, although I didn't know about coaching or know necessarily about what my role in it would be. And so after the internship, like I've never had a nine to five job. Like I didn't go that route at all that I thought that my means of empowering women, I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I've always done. But I thought that it would be through writing and performing. And so the beginning, the first half of my career was all about writing, performing, producing and directing films, Mm -hmm. focusing Mm -hmm. on the arts. And Mm -hmm. I thought that, you know, by doing things in the arts, like creating work that addressed the things that were taboo to us as black women in our culture, that then that was going to be my means of uplifting and educating us. And so then I was, you know, from there, I started working in TV and hosted a number of TV shows and that kind of thing. So that was my version of a nine to five. Mm -hmm. That was my, (laughs) that was what I was doing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so what was the aha moment for you that was like, I really want to do this empowerment work? So the aha moment for me was that around like maybe it was like 2008 or so. It was when the market crash happened. Mm. I was hosting a show for BET that came on on Sunday nights at like 10 o'clock or something like But The shows that I hosted were always like one was like at three o'clock in the morning after the (laughs) Apollo. Like it was always like at obscure times Mm -hmm. and like you would only catch if you had insomnia or something. So I was hosting this show called The Best Shorts, which was a short film competition and showcase art film showcase that came on on BT Centric, which at that time was called BTJ, like 2008, 2009. And I got laid off that media was shifting. Media was moving from big media as we know it, you know, mainstream media, where it's just, you know, TV, newspapers, magazines, into us being the creators of our own destiny, where every person who is working, who is listening to this right now has the power to be the media right on their phone. And so that shift was happening around 2008, 2009. And I got laid off from my BET job. Mm. And at the same time, I, I already had an advice column in Rolling Out, which is an urban paper sold in the bo- given away in the bodegas and the fried chicken spots and stuff like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to on the show in the way that I got the column was that on the show, at the same time, I was going through a divorce that I had married someone I, I had known since I was 12 mm-hmm. and it was 
crashing and burning on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in between, before the show went to commercials, I would talk about my relationship and then I would start, people started sending me advice letters. Yeah. I started answering the letters and that's where the rolling out column came from. And then after that, after being laid off, you know, they replaced me with Hill Harper, believe it or not. Hill Harper stole my job. (laughs) (laughs) So after Hill Harper stole my gig, they offered me to do a reality show on VH1. And this is crazy. We're digging in the crates here. We're going into the vault. Mm-hmm. This is about to talk about, but it's my happy black woman, you know, sisterhood tribe. So I'm sharing with y'all. So. Yes. <laughs> so VH1 offered me this show. And for those who don't know, BT, VH1, it's all the same company. It's Viacom. And Simon and Schuster, where my book was published, that's all Viacom. It's all one company. Mm-hmm. So my my first book, Dare, had come out, and VH1 offered me to go on this reality show. And they were like, if you go on this show, you can publicize your book. You can publicize your column and the work that you're doing and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't get any of this in writing. It was all a conversation. Mm-hmm. And so this was the era coming out of like the Flavor Flav shows. Oh, and right. That. <laughs> the Flavor you know, of Love. So like, yes, this is the era right after coming out of Flavor of Love and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so after they assured me that it wasn't going to be that, I was like, okay, I have a the opportunity to go and represent us, n- meaning us, not the typical black woman that you were necessarily seeing on TV at that time. You know, that I have a firm belief that if you don't like the way you're being represented, you have to represent yourself. So I went on this show for 12 weeks and none of what they promised happened. <laughs> not at all. But what did happen was that women started asking me more and more about relationship advice because a lot of on a lot of the show I was talking about going through a divorce and how it feels to be a young woman with a marriage that didn't work out and all of the shame and embarrassment that I felt around that issue. And then my platform kind of launched itself as being around love, sex, dating, and relationships mm-hmm. because of that. Mm-hmm. And so... As I started to give advice around relationships, of course, it all kept coming back to self-esteem. Yeah. Like, you know, it just just does. You know, that I I firmly believe if you're in a bad relationship with somebody, it's because you're in a bad relationship with yourself. Mm, We got to pause it. Pause. Pause it. (laughs) And we got to. We got to rewind and say that one more time. (laughs) Yes. Heal up, heal up. Bring it back. Come rewind. (laughs) If you are in a bed, sisters get mad when I say this. They almost ran me down at the Essence Festival when I said it. And I said, I'm talking to you as someone who, you know, has been through a divorce. And right this minute, I'm talking to you as someone who in 2016 ended an engagement. If you are in a bad relationship with another human being, It is because you are in a bad relationship with yourself. Well, 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 you just broke it all the way down with that statement. I mean, there's there's so much to learn from how our lives are reflected in other people. I mean, we decide who's around us. And if we're keeping someone around that shouldn't be there, what's going on with us? Why would why would we do that? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How beautiful that is to be sharing with people from your own experience. What I love about your story that you shared and it's so interesting, like all of the different experiences that you had is that it was authentic for you to go through your career and to end up in a place where you got on a platform to share authentically 
your heart and all these people started responding to that authenticity and it, you know, evolved into this business that you have where you get to serve so many amazing women. Yes, it's exactly what you just said, Rosetta, that authenticity is the key. That authenticity is the difference between me and Rosetta, because otherwise, like she said, we're the same sister, you know, we're the same person. (laughs) But when you are your authentic self, someone said to me the other day, well, I want to be a coach, but there are a million different coaches. I said, yeah, but there's only one you. Exactly. You know, if you are wanting to be a lawyer, of course, there are a million lawyers or a million doctors or a million whomevers, but no one can be you. Exactly. And so you being yourself is the most powerful thing that you can be. Yes. Yes. Well, I am. There's so many other questions, you know, I could ask you. But the main thing as we're entering this new year, given your experiences and the work that you've been doing with women, it seems that there are some keys. There are some strategies that you learn along the way that help you to get what you want, that help you to keep moving forward in your authentic purpose. And I just wanted to to see, well, number one, I have two questions. Number one, what were some of the things that you had to overcome in order to be your authentic self? I'm imagining that there are some beliefs you had to share. Like, give us one, one main thing that you had to kind of get over so that you can serve other people. Yes. The thing that I had to get over was the idea that you have to, that the idea of, of people pleasing. Mm. Yeah, that I was very steeped in pleasing and being a people pleaser, not only from being bullied, but many of us were raised to be the nice girl, to be the good girl. And there's a difference Mm -hmm. between being a good person and trying to live up to the ideal of being a good girl. Like those are two different, two very different things. And so by trying to make everyone happy, you really don't make anybody happy, not even yourself. And no one's going to like you. Everybody, there's no way that everybody's going to like you. So mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to like you. You know, trying to please everybody is already an impossibility and you're going to make yourself miserable. Then it's an idea that we need to abandon and let go of. And we get it twisted. We think that, you know, somehow that all of those things are the same, that being a happy person or being a positive person is the same as trying to please other people. Right. And it's, it's not. Those are right. different things. So that for me was a very big thing that, you know, I noticed that a lot of women, it blocks us. It's a limiting belief that blocks a lot of us from calling in, from manifesting, from creating the lives that we want. Yeah, totally. I mean, just as you were, you know, sharing from your childhood about people teasing you and bullying and all that, I think that a lot of us internalize it. And I call it like bringing the external into the internal and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of merging the two when they're very, very separate and we should keep them very, very separate. What people are thinking and doing outside of us has nothing to do with who we are as a person. But it takes a while to learn that, especially when you grew up with different experiences that showed you otherwise. Yes, it takes a long time, not only to, you know, the, because it, we're not only learning things, but we're also having to unlearn, yeah. you know, in a lot of cases, what, yes. what we were taught. Yeah, and yeah, that's a big one as we go into the new year, unlearning. <laughs> yes. Unlearning things that no longer serve you, beliefs and about yourself and what you're capable of. This is the time to begin the process and liberate ourselves from that. Yes. So we can move forward. And so speaking of moving forward, what are some tips you can give us from your work? And this is like digging into Abiola's vault of wisdom here, because (laughs) this interview could be like six hours long, but just focusing in on, you know, given 
everybody's varied experiences. So many of our happy black women have had a lot of negative experiences actually happen to us in our lives. Yet we still have big dreams. We still have big goals. We still know that we're put on this earth for a purpose and we're meant for more and we're ready to do more. And it's just a matter of where do we start? So where will we start for the woman who is ready to manifest her dreams in 2017? Yes. You may write us down in history with bitter, twisted lies. Mm. You may trot us in the very dirt, but still like dust we rise. Yes. Yes. My Angelou. I love it. Yes. So six principles that I would share for us manifesting your power. And that's the the umbrella that all of my programs go under the manifesting your power, how to manifest your power program. So I just completed the manifest your year program at the time of this recording. And the six principles that I would say for manifesting your power for this new year to be able to stop playing small, stop shrinking and step into who you really were born to be. So number one is letting go, releasing, underestimate the power of clearing space. If you are trying to manifest your power, that you have to start with letting go of all things that do not work for you. And that includes everything from physical clutter to emotional clutter, Mm -hmm. spiritual clutter, you know, people clutter, (laughs) digital clutter, mental clutter, let go. You know, that's number one. Number two stems off of number one, after you let go, number two is finding clarity, getting clear that you have to, if you are manifesting on a metaphysical level, if you are calling into your life, what it is that you want, that the universe responds to clarity. You know, it's like, if you want something, when Rosetta wanted me to come on this podcast, she had to say, come on my podcast. She couldn't be vague or hint around or be passive aggressive. She had to be clear about it. And so the same with your desires, with what you want, with what you're calling into your life, get clear, be very specific. What is it that you want? And it's not to say that, you know, that things are going to look necessarily the way that you want them to, but you are setting a foundation by having clarity. One of the ways that you can do this is by clarifying, being clear about how do you want to feel about yourself and your world and, and the things that you offer. Number three is that you align yourself by feeling it. Feel, get into the, the feeling energy. Some call this energy vibration, the vibration of who it is that you want to be and what it is that you want to have. That there's a very different vibrational energy from, say, a Michelle Obama to someone else. Mm-hmm. The way to look at it, recently someone left a comment on, I made a video about my Bali retreat. I have a retreat that's coming up, the Abundance Pray Love Retreat in Bali. And she left a comment and she said, Abiola is healing for rich people because, (laughs) you know, I can't afford to go to Bali and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, she said, I'm a low income person and I just feel like it's healing for rich people. And so, you know, I wrote her back and I said, well, number one, don't ever describe yourself as I am a low income person. You are absolutely not a low income person. You Mm -hmm. are temporarily in low income circumstances, but the words that we use to describe ourselves coming after those two words, I am are dynamically powerful. And so don't you ever describe, you are not a low income person. You are temporarily in a low income situation. 
Number two, you know, the, the way that you're choosing to look at your circumstances, you know, she was choosing to look at it through the eyes of poverty, not thinking the video she was watching was a free empowerment video, that there are all kinds of free resources that people like Rosetta and myself create, you know, blogs and videos and podcasts and free downloads and all kinds of things that are out there. There are low cost opportunities. Right. So like my book, my affirmation cards, my meditation albums, very low cost, around ten dollar options. And so you can align yourself with little by little, you know, you read the book till you can buy the album, till you can go on the retreat or go to the event or whatever it is or find a local meetup. Most meetups are low cost or free. Find a local meetup that is in alignment with what you're wanting to do. And so. Work on your vibration, how you're feeling and believing about what it is that you, who you are and what it is that you want and what you deserve to have. And then number four, I would say is allowing, allowing whatever it is that we're wanting to call into our lives, into our lives, which means not sabotaging, not self-sabotaging that this is why unfortunately, a lot of lottery winners turn out to be destitute and have hard times because they're not in alignment with allowing in what they have received. They still have the mindset and the mentality of poverty and now they've been given some money. And so, you know, water seeks its level. So they're gonna reset themselves back to whatever it is that they really believe about themselves. So allow, allow in the greatness that you want. And number five, I would say is having an absolute belief and a knowingness that no matter what, that all things are possible and that all is well, that this too shall pass. Whatever you're walking through, good or bad, is going to pass. And so having that absolute knowingness, I think, is really important. And then number six, here's the key that a lot of people miss, like, you know, when they watch a movie like The Secret or make a vision board and glue some pretty things to a piece of paper and say, Abiola, I tried it and it didn't work. (laughs) Number six is you have to take inspired action, 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 action. Yes. Get up off your cute behind and get out there into the world (laughs) and take inspired action steps toward whatever it is that you are calling into your life. So those, I would say, are the six, you know, my six manifest your power principles. Those are incredible principles and some that we've talked about on the show before. And so what I want all of you to take away from the beautiful Abiola sharing with you is that all of those are important. And the most important one is taking action. And this really is the year to take action and understand that Whatever it is that we want, we can have, and we have the power to create. So thank you for that, Abiola. And so many of you will want to, you know, rewind and make sure that you write down the six principles. One last question, because I know that our time is wrapping up, but you have gone through an incredible journey. And we just heard a piece of it here today of following your passion and your purpose and really building this incredible empire, really, of helping women realize their goals and their dreams. And I always ask people, what's the number one piece of advice you would give to someone who is starting out, who is where you were, I don't know, 10 years ago, (laughs) before you started doing this work, before you started really diving into what was possible for you business-wise. So for the woman who is looking and listening and like, you know, wow, this is great. She's living her purpose, but I'm not sure, you know, is that for me? Will I be able to succeed? What's the number one piece of advice you would give her knowing what you know now? 
The number one piece of advice that I would give, knowing what I know now, what would have accelerated me is be aware of the company you keep. Mm. And that starts with getting a mentor or a coach, or as I said, attending free meetups or low cost meetups that for a long time, I was a part of the sisterhood of traveling brokenness. (laughs) 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 And, you know, you are going to, your life is going to reflect the people, the company that you keep. And so the beautiful thing is that like Rosetta has programs. I have programs. Yama Vansant has programs. People who have programs that are meant to inspire, empower, and create a transformational experience. And so don't sit by yourself wondering and trying to figure things out. We don't know what we don't know. So, you know, you need some new energy and new information in there. Get a teacher, a coach, a mentor, and get some people around you, some sisters, some sisters and brothers who are also wanting the same things that you want. Mm -hmm. That is so important as we look at changing behaviors for 2017, not just changing beliefs, but then changing the behavior to reflect that. I love that you said you were a part of the sisterhood of traveling brokenness because I remember a friend of mine that used to always say, you know, I'm a happy black woman. She used to say, I'm a broke black woman. And I'm like, no, don't say that because that's what you're creating. You're creating. That's what you're creating. And so I was like, I don't even want to stand next to you. When you're saying right. that, because it's going to rub off on me. <laughs> exactly, Rosanna, exactly. Just really quickly, like, a, you know, someone who was talking to the other day and I was like, you know what, maybe next Christmas, like we should go maybe to Egypt or Dubai or whatever. I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll go and stay for a month or something. And they were like, well, no, I'm not going to have the money. And I was like, you're already planning to be poor next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Hashtag don't plan to be poor. Like you're planning a year from now that you're going to be poor. Like, what are you doing? Come on. No, no. But this is, this is why your work is so important, Abiola. It's so important that we have, even if we were saying the exact same thing, we need to hear it. And you know, it's, it's incredible that you can impart the knowledge that you have learned from your own experience, not just from what you read in a book or went to get a degree in, but it's so authentic as it flows out of you. And I know everybody can hear it and feel it. So thank you for the work that you do. It's so important. Thank you, sis. Thank you. Yes. Yes. So I know that everyone's going to want to stay in touch with you because we just hit the tip of the iceberg of what's possible. And that's what these interviews are. That's what these conversations are about. It's just really getting a peek inside how we can start to change our mindset so that we can achieve our big goals in 2017. And if you want more from Abiola, you want to dive deeper, you want to go further, how can we get more resources from you? Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for this conversation. This was really juicy and it's going to be an incredible 2017. I know that a lot of us, me included, had challenging moments in 2016. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing is that knowing that going forward, when you have your foundation that you have built under you, that, you know, you are still standing tall, you are still standing strong and you are still the president of your own life, no matter what. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, I have a couple of ways that people, if they want more, I have, first of all, a free 14-day kickstart to unblock your energy for those who are wanting to step into deeper manifestation. And that's called the Spiritpreneur Unblocked Energy Shift. And you can find that at unblockmyenergy.com, unblockmyenergy.com to take part in the Spiritpreneur Unblocked Energy Shift. And then come with me to Bali. 
Holy. I have the Abundance Pray Love Bali Goddess Retreat, mm. a transformational retreat around unblocking our abundance, calling in your money, your prosperity, and your wealth. And that's in June. But you can join right now to save your seat. And I have a special link that is just for Rosetta's tribe at rosetta.abundancepraylove.com, rosetta.abundancepraylove.com. And you want to make sure that you tell us that you came through the Happy Black Woman Tribe, because then I'll have a special gift just for you. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you so much, Abiola. Do you guys realize she just gave you two amazing options, one that's free and one that's for you if you're ready to make the investment and do some traveling. Go to Bali. Bali's amazing. I've been there twice and uh, yes. the Abiola's put together sounds really, really cool. So number one, before you do anything, go to theunblockmyenergy.com and mm-hmm. get your free 14-day resource there and then check out the retreat also at rosetta.abundancepraylove.com and these links will also be in the show notes so you can check them out there too yes oh and i'm on social media find me on instagram twitter facebook etc at abiola tv where the tv stands for transformation and victory oh i love it transformation and victory that is a beautiful way to close out our conversation Hopefully this is just this beginning of an amazing experience for all of us who are going into the new year with power and purpose. Thanks again, Abiola. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Rosetta. This was juicy and inspirational. Thank you. Yay. And for those of you who have not listened to our previous episodes, you are missing out. Abiola is just one of our incredible experts who have been on the show to share generously and authentically about how you can live your ideal life. So go to happyblackwoman.com slash podcast to view all of our previous episodes totally free. And you can binge listen if you want to this week and get all caught up. Until next time, have a beautiful day, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Happy Black Woman podcast. If you want all the show's notes from today's episode, go to happyblackwomanpodcast.com. Plus, we'll send you a copy of Rosetta's free life mapping workbook. We look forward to empowering you next time. And until then, do something this week that makes you happy.